this is Pondering Bhutan with Ajishio Taro and Hachimi Tsuboi. <laughs> uh, there's nothing funny about that. Um, I'm Connor, and I'm here with my co-host, Neve. Um, Hi, maybe, I'm Neve. And maybe an undisclosed third guest who I've made space for in this intro. Nah. All right, moving on. This is a manga podcast that's dedicated to Eiji Nodoka's manga series, Cromarty High School. Yeah, you briefly tried to make it uh, a Beastie Boys podcast. I didn't hear about that. And the power of that was so strong that it destroyed my internet, so we had to start again. (laughs) Yeah, we actually started covering Beastie Boys songs, like vocally covering Beastie Boys songs. (laughs) And and Discord said, uh, rights issue. Yeah. Yeah. We got a DMCA from Discord. The man was trying to keep us down. Yeah. But um Yeah, the US government caught wind of mm. it and they were like, right, shut this down. Black out all of Chicago. I didn't realize this must you, be got, stopped. you got your uh, Icelandic DVDs in. Yeah. Very yeah, exciting. I brought these in just so I could like reference them when we recorded and I haven't taken them out yet. Because I have to like redo my DVD shelf to, to do that. So Yeah, your DVD shelves are pretty full. Yeah. Um so yeah, just confirming we have no third guest. Uh, yeah. We have no third person, no guest. Um, I was going to do like a bit where all I said was nah at the start of that, and then I was like silent for the rest of the episode, and then I just immediately forgot my own bit, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is really the best kind of bit. So we've yeah. lost we've lost one bit to government censorship, and then you you scrapped our other bit. Well, it's fine, because I really wanted us to actually talk about the manga for once this week. I mean, you're on, you read it as well, right? Yeah, I read it. Right, yeah. yeah. So, um, so so, so the people know, today we are continuing our read-through of Volume 2 uh, of, of Cromartie High School uh, with Chapter 30, Sleepers, mm-hmm. um, named after the John Frankenheimer film starring Rock Hudson. Um, I, th- I think it's actually a Martin Scorsese film. I don't think I know that guy. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so no, no, I'm, I'm putting a stop to you and your bit, Connor, of, of like describing movies that you give vaguely seen, but getting everything wrong. The what people you... have said the people have said too much. We're just doing the manga. What? what? Okay. What are you talking about? Can I tell you about a dream How I can... had? No, we're talking about the manga. Yeah, I'm What was to... everyone's favorite part of the manga? Oh, I have I have 15 sword dream interpretation queued up here for uh, <laughs> just if you want to go down that road. Can I tell you my actual favorite part of the manga? Okay. Yes, I, please. My actual favorite. Um, it's over here. Let me just grab it. Um, so this is... He's telling the story to uh, Watanabe-kun. Um, and it's this page right here, where uh, the first line of the page, there was a huge line outside of City Hall, and he tells the story. And in this panel, panel four here, Watanabe does not have a cigarette. But now down here at the bottom... Watanabe has lit a cigarette between panels. <laughs> yeah, he, he moves fast. <laughs> I just I just love that little bit of just Watanabe's like, well, if I'm going to be awake in class, I guess it's time to smoke in class. I just think that's great. <laughs> I think it's funny. It also suggests that, like, the time, the length of this story is, like, 
you know we're getting it like we're reading through it so it seems like it's going by fast but mm-hmm. i just imagine kamiyama like explaining this all at length and the story actually taking like a long time to tell also long enough for him to to get a cigarette out at least yeah exactly also i thought um at first that freddy had um paint like much like um jack sparrow in the film dead man's chest uh he had painted eyes onto the back of his eyelids so that he appeared awake when he was not and actually he's sleeping with his eyes open but um that's my that's my manga that's my manga minute for putan this week so what was your favorite part counter um i think my favorite part was discovering uh it, it was the eyes as well. Um, <laughs> we we get a nice shot of, I think the like wide panel. Um, it's towards the beginning of the chapter, but it's the one where where Freddy is first introduced. Second page of the chapter. Um, mm. The wide panel with Freddy in the background, yeah. where we just see the like mat of chest hair, uh, and then the super broad <laughs> shoulders. Uh, I just I appreciated the. Um, the more like I appreciate this angle of Freddy, I guess I, I would say. Um, yeah, and then learning that uh, he can sleep with his eyes open—it's pretty impressive. When I was like twelve years old, I tried to learn how to sleep with my eyes open. It didn't go well for me. I don't know if it's yeah. actually possible. I don't can you know get either. Someone to check on this. I definitely was just like, well, if I just keep my eyes open while I'm trying to fall asleep, then I'll sleep with my eyes open. And that's that's not mm-hmm. that did not work out so well for yeah. me. I ended up just closing my eyes and going the fuck to sleep. The but, other um, the other panel that I want to uh, draw special attention to mm-hmm. is um, it's page four and it's the first shot of Kamiyama in his outfit. And like his dream outfit. Oh yeah, the little and Dragon just, Quest outfit. Yeah. <laughs> and he just looks so like dopey. <laughs> it's because the, the the sword and the horns both are so like stubby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's just like we don't have color here, but the mm-hmm. color is just like you can tell the color of this armor is just that like beige it's like that furniture beige <laughs> just all, like uniformly throughout that just yeah yeah that that brightened my spirits a little bit i'm not sure i remember any of these panels but i really so my favorite one was um when john and tommy it's after the time skip. I know you love time skip skips, Connor. So I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, you I do. yeah. So John and Tommy, mm-hmm. um, we we kind of like learn from the voiceover uh-huh. that they're hitmen now, uh, or just kind of just general criminals. But they've done a number of murders. They're you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but are, they're in, involved in like the criminal underground. And so so far, I've not gone to prison for it. Uh-huh. And uh, they walk into the bar and they like buy some drinks for some other guys at the bar and then the one guy sees their abuser from like before the time skip and then goes into the bathroom and like stares into the mirror um like confronting his past and then like the only action in front of him now which is that like 
we both have guns on us right now and we can just shoot him. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. like that moment. That was that was really powerful. But yeah, that, that I, was on the. You were maybe talking about this because you were talking about the eyes, and it really is his eyes in that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any other favorite scenes from uh, this chapter, Nia, that you want to you want to share with us? Um, I like the it, scene with the uh, with the priest. You know. Yeah. When the other when the other friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, there's a number of sorry, scenes with not, the priest, but uh, yeah, yeah. is this it's, the? It's not funny. It's it's very intense. Yeah, no, it is. With the it's other, extremely intense. Yeah, where the other friend is like the last thing he needs to make the case to save yeah. to save John and Tommy. Uh, yeah, is that's needs, I believe that I believe that the other the person you're talking about who's trying to make the case is Kamiyama, right? Played by Brad. That Pitt. is that is correct. Yes. <laughs> um. But he like he needs the priest to give the alibi. Um, but he you know he needs to make the priest understand like the whole reasoning for, for why he's doing it. Um, yeah. and the priest is like you know, it's it's against uh you know, it's against uh his faith to like yeah, he's perjure being himself. Asked, yeah, he's being asked to to go up on the stand and put his hand on the Bible and swear before God that he will tell the truth and yeah. then lie. Yeah. But I, he yeah, does it. I was really surprised at just like how the, how the chapter handled like faith as a theme. I thought it was just like a really strong through line in a way I wasn't expecting. Um, I agree. It's like the people's lack of faith. Mm-hmm. Well, they have it. The tension is people have too much faith in their institutions. Mm-hmm. Like as far as, you know, Kamiyama doesn't get his registration. This is in the like the earlier arc of the film. Um, yeah. Or sorry, the chapter. Um Kamiyama doesn't get his appropriate re- registration to to kill the demon. Yeah. Um and then and, does drop the does kill the demon without registration using a hot dog cart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's witnesses everywhere. Yeah. Um but but so you know, he does this this great thing and he saves all of humanity. Um but people hate him for it because they don't have enough faith in like in Kamiyama and the true hero. And they have too much faith in their institutions, which as we've seen, the dysfunction of the institutions could very well be like the demon is just a metaphor for human society. Like this is Destroying itself through dysfunctional institutions. I had a totally opposite read because I thought maybe Kamiyama had too much faith in himself. And maybe if he'd gotten the license, then maybe he would have found, oh, that demon isn't the problem. That's just a chill demon. It's this demon over here. And if I had gone through the proper channels, maybe he would have learned, you know. Well, so the Mm -hmm. the whole thing I thought was was kind of fascinating about this chapter Mm -hmm. is so... Kamiyama is, is we're we're talking about killing the demon, but really it's more his friends, Tommy, mm-hmm. uh, and John who kill the demon, mm-hmm. and he's trying to help get them out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of this is existing; like they have no faith in the, the institutions mm-hmm. to get justice against this demon, right? And so they already tried to get their their resident certificate, and yeah, the line right, was huge. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it was really huge. Uh, it was a very funny panel with the long line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so 
in that, like they, you know, Kamiyama is, is uh, of all the members of Cromartie High School, he is the one who is like the most upstanding. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, most we of, get that. The most of them are of complete the delinquents. Yeah, There's a whole most of them are that. complete delinquents. But but uh, you know. Th- there's also the the uh, other focal character Lorenzo, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it is ostensibly the narrator of this chapter, right? Yeah, um, and it, it is interestingly based on, like, this is a, based on a, a another manga that Lorenzo wrote oh, about like okay. his own experiences, that. but it's like highly fictionalized. Okay. Huh. Oh, huh. I didn't even know what what's that one about? Yeah, what's that called? Well, no, so the this chapter is just the like oh, it's an just adaptation of the full the manga. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're just recapitulating the plot. Yeah. For the okay, gotcha. Um but so It's pretty so, boring. So Kamiyama Now that I know that. Yeah, but like, here you but here you get Kamiyama played by Brad Pitt, so that's like. Yeah, but, but you can't just you can't just sit there and recapitulate the plot of something, even if the person recapitulating it is Brad Pitt or equally as sexy. I just thought it was funny when Brad Pitt pulled out a futon to sleep in class. So Kamiyama, um, <laughs> what I find fascinating is that like they have no faith in the institution, right? Mm-hmm. Right, but yeah. be- because of this, Kamiyama and his friends are unwilling to actually seek any sort of like uh, support outside of this like revenge system that they've developed um, to like actually deal with the trauma that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, even though they're doing all of this ostensibly so that they can sleep in the classroom with the lights on, but now turn the lights off. They don't have to keep the lights on anymore when they sleep in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is like their goal. Uh, but the only option available to Kamiyama is not to like have any sort of healthy life with any, any of like Kamiyama never forms a romantic, uh, uh, connection in any way, just like runs away to, to England to become a carpenter. Right. And then we see like John and Tommy, they just die. They still die. Like the, the lifestyle like the the bind that you're describing that they can't get out of, like it, it just like claims their lives because they can't get out of that violence. Yeah. Even though they've like you know, they've done this thing and they've like, they've exerted their agency in a certain way. It's still like tragic because, um, number one, they never get their residence certificate. Um, yeah. And, and then. You know, number two, um, they still just like die in this like violence. Well, it is. It's interesting because like you know, even without like the censorship element of like back in back in the day when stories had to be like, oh, criminals always have to die at the end to show that crime doesn't pay. Yeah. And that, there's not those same rules in place anymore, but so many stories still follow those rules because it still just creates such good drama. And so I I thought that this chapter did a really great uh, way of doing the ending that you know has to happen. Crime can't pay in the end. They have to, you know, fail and, and 
you know, be shunned for killing the demon without the license and sleeping in the class and et cetera, Right, he ends up dropping out of school. Yeah, yeah exactly. He can't stay in school. <clears throat> like, they do the expected ending, but just the, the, the way it's executed is just so well done, I thought, you know? Yeah. Um, so. <clears throat> yeah, the part where, like, it, it's also, that part's really tragic because you see um, uh, Watanabe is like really excited um, for the possibility of um, participating in the institution. You know, he's like totally mm-hmm. disenfranchised and has no like faith. He sees no avenue um, that he can like it use to interact with this <clears throat> institution. Yeah. And Kamiyama is like, this is probably, I think, what Kamiyama's like moment where he comes closest to, to escaping this as well. Um, where he realizes like, Oh, you know, there's a different path. You just have to like express yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Watanabe is like, we have these panels where he's, this is actually a whole, I'm glad you brought this out autumn because the ending seeing like Watanabe be moved from just like recalcitrance um, mm. and apathy to like passion, you know, yeah. or excitement and like inspiration. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's done so like gradually and subtly. Um, and it's well, like it's... also Kamiyama doesn't even know that he's do- like, he thinks he's doing this for one, for another reason or, or he is, but like the effect that he's having is like, so much, so much more powerful. Well, and and the the subtle irony of the ways that it's like he finally participates in the system, but the way he participates is to get himself out of the system. It's just it's just masterful work from uh, from Nanaka. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe in that sense it's not tragic at mm-hmm. all. Uh, and the fact that Kamiyama can like even escape to England. Um, and have a life is, uh, in, in a way it's, it's like hopeful. Um, well, and it's, so it's much... a lot like, uh, mobile suit Gundam OEM MS team. Actually. I was going to say it was yeah. like a uh, Shawshank redemption, but I like your idea better. Now, yeah. granted, I haven't seen OEM MS team, but I'm going to follow you here. Yeah. No, 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 but I, but, the, uh, but my, my issue is I like your idea better, but I haven't seen Shawshank. Redemption. Oh, uh, my my Shawshank thought was just that like Shawshank has a similar ending, but Shawshank is so saccharine about it, and this one feels a little more somber in a way that is, um, you know, Shawshank works because it is a little saccharine, but I think this is so much more like it hits a lot harder. You know, just like describe the ending to me, so I know. Uh, describe the about. ending of Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Okay. Well, so. Um, so by the end of Shawshank Redemption, like, uh, <laughs> I'm not as good at this as Connor is. I don't know how to make up a movie to describe on the spot. Shawshank Redemption is a real movie. Shawshank yeah, Redemption. but then I felt like I was wanting to, like, fit in with the crowd. And so I was like, oh, well, I need to start, like, describing the plot of, like, Stand by me, but I haven't seen Stand by Me since I was like ten. So I, I just felt like this pressure to describe the wrong movie and then be like, "Oh yeah, no, it's not Morgan Freeman who's in that. It's uh, Brad Pitt." <laughs> I, I just felt like I needed to do 
the Putsan bit that's been happening, but I didn't... I, my comedy chops just failed me. This and entire now time, we have been talking about sleepers. <laughs> <laughs> kind, I don't know what kind you think is happening here. We've been talking I'm about... I'm not talking about this episode. I'm talking about... The word sleepers. In previous yeah. episodes, when, like, okay. Connor is like, oh, I saw this movie, and clearly... He hasn't seen any movie. He's just making something up on the fly. No, so the funniest one is the one where uh, it was the Ozu movie. And I did say the specific title, but I didn't know which one it was because it's all those season ones that just uh-huh. blend together in my head. And then Connor just like would intentionally like let me move past it and then be like, no, no, not that one. No. So anyway, the end of the end of uh, Shawshank Redemption, right. wh- when there's. Um, Kevin Bacon's there, and he's over by the car, and Morgan Freeman's over by that car. No, Kevin Bacon's in Sleepers. <laughs> no, Kevin Bacon's in Shawshank, and him and Morgan Freeman are standing by the car, and Brad Pitt is over no, there. No, Brad Pitt is in Sleepers. No, Brad Pitt's at the car, and Morgan Freeman's opening the box. And, and Brad Pitt's like, what's in the box? And Morgan Freeman doesn't want to tell him. And um, it's just a really like hokey sap. Oh, and it's it's really it's really his um, prized childhood baseball card. Right. Yeah. That's in God. This sounds so much like Sleepers, directed by John Frankenheimer, starring Rock Hudson. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so so, okay. So this Shawshank Redemption is actually because because that movie Sleepers. Directed by Rock Hudson, starring John Frankenheimer, was like a 70s movie, and and Shawshank is like a 90s remake of Sleepers. Okay. Yeah. So it's an easy easy mistake to make. Okay, so the the ending is what you're just describing? There's the box? Yeah, there's the the box, and then his his prized childhood baseball card is in there, but Morgan Freeman doesn't want to tell him. It's the baseball card. It's Ben Shawshank's rookie card. Yeah, it's Ben Shawshank's rookie card from from the season where he batted four hundred and redeemed himself. Yeah, Great, greatest <laughs> Yankee from his bad minor league years. <laughs> greatest Yankees player ever. Because as we all know, when you're really bad in the minor leagues, they bring you up to the major leagues, and then you go through a redemption arc. Yeah, yeah. They, they actually call that the Shawshank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when someone when it happens nowadays, they're just like, oh, you Shawshanked it. Yeah. Or Shawshank Redemption for long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They got, oh, he's he's earned that contract. He Shawshanked. It was last year was a total Shawshank. The weird thing is that in the book, um, it's actually Rita Hayworth, the actress who is the baseball player. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's, like, like it's a, a totally different thing. I don't like the book as much, to okay. be honest with you. So what do we all yeah. think? It sounds uh, very experimental. What do we all think of Dustin Hoffman's role in this chapter? I thought it would have been so much better if he was played by Al Pacino. I I, I wish I could see that. I was hoping so I I wish that he was more prominent. Yeah, um, I just thought there especially like for Dustin Hoffman, like how do you cast Dustin Hoffman as a desk? That's yeah. what I don't understand. But see, if it was Al Pacino, you could imagine Al Pacino as a desk immediately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he Al, Al Pacino can do anything. Yeah, yeah. But like, if I if I was gonna pick 
Dustin Hoffman to be in any way relating to this desk, it would be a seal on top of the desk. Oh, yeah, like the, or like the drawer, like a desk drawer. You only did that because I laugh every time. (laughs) You can't even do it. Your asthma's getting to you, and you can't even do the fucking sound anymore. I can't, I can't. You've lost it. I've lost it. Oh my god, no, that that's tragic. Autumn, can I you to, do it? I have to like get it back before we actually get to the seal chapter. <laughs> You're gonna <Yeah>. see. <laughs> I'm gonna like come over and I'm gonna see you doing like. Like breath exercises, like you're gonna be like. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be training yeah. harder than Ben uh-huh. Shawshank. Oh, you're gonna be like just sticking your face into a dehumidifier, just like let me get all the gunk out of there. I gotta make sure I can do this. Fucking no, I think I need noise. it more humid in here. Mm, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, we're gonna have your we're so gonna have like a training montage. Mm. Uh, Autumn, anyway, do you know do you know the seal noise? Can you do it? Since, since I actually I Whoa. haven't heard the seal noise. I've only heard Nia do it, but like it's Wait, who like is a, that just now? It's kind of like a Rrr. no. Oh my that god, was that, that was, it. was it, it needs to be a little bit more of just like a me sound. The the first yeah. the first the first attempt was better. Let me try. You have the tone. Like, uh, that's that's it for me. <clears throat> I'm, I'm I'm fully. I think you yeah. nailed it. <laughs> I should we try watching the, definitive... the anime sometime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we have the definitive. You should like also sound. regularly read along with, with the. The thing is, I know lots of people who, who listen to this podcast and don't read along. And like, it's not like it's that required, but, but we it's like still... more required than you think it is. Yeah. We still do extensive bits that are relating to the manga even if we aren't ever mentioning it mm-hmm. and yeah, also and it's literally like six pages a, a week mm. <laughs> yeah <clears throat> um, so I, I encourage people to read along with the podcast anyway do we think that uh we successfully beat the doing a whole like trying to remember stuff from a movie bit to death finally what are you talking about Do we feel like it's like out of our system? I don't the know what you mean. The whole movie bit. What movie bit? Yeah, I I haven't I haven't known what you've been talking about from the like beginning of the when you first brought this up. I I I'm afraid I don't understand. Yeah, but one thing I did like one uh-huh. thing we could do more of is um, it was nice when we went around and we we all said. What our uh, what our favorite moment from the manga is? Um, yeah, because I've been actually thinking that for a while. That like, you know, sometimes we talk about the manga and sometimes we don't. Um, but it's just like as a way of getting back, we need to like anchor mm. ourselves more into the the manga. Yeah. Um, just like every time we'll just go through and we'll be like, "What's our favorite part of the manga?" Um, like today, it was my favorite part. Um, of the well, we discussed it um, mm-hmm. when they escape through the the hole behind the poster. Yeah, I bet when Kamiyama's armor gets stabbed or like cut, you know, like the like old cushions 
Mm-hmm. Where there's just like that like yellow foam inside or whatever. Right, yeah. Yeah. You bet it's like okay. that. Yeah. Okay, this just evokes something so strong strong for me, I have to bring it up. So Please. the couch that I have, it, it is actually it's colored the same beige. That's why I know that beige. Right, yeah. But it, something very disturbing happens when you uh when you take the like cushions out of the cushion covers. Yeah. I've never seen anything like this before. Um, so you take the cushion out and then you look and like, so obviously you have the, the half that opens where the like cushion goes in and then you zip it back up the other half on the inside. So it's kind of like the top of the cushion, the top inside, I would say mm-hmm. yeah, is just like a fucking mess of threads. Like, just like an absolute mess of like, I don't know what happened to this, to these cushions. Like, is it supposed to look like this? It's just like, <laughs> knots, like a, a, a huge web of like knots and clumps of thread. And you can't even begin to tell like where it's going or, you know, obviously it's like related to the, uh, like the, the material, the the construction of the material, but like, holy shit, is there no rhyme or reason to this stuff? It's just a ginormous clump. So I'm just like, at one point I went in there, it was late at night, uh, and I just started like ripping the threads out. And because I was like, I don't even know what else I can do. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I have to do something. Um, so I started ripping the threads out and uh, I ripped about half of them out. And uh, I thought, <laughs> I didn't know what I thought, but I put the cushion back in and I zipped it back up and nothing's happened since. <laughs> I'm kind of in the market for a new couch right now, honestly. Yeah. I've got an Ikea couch that has served me faithfully for a couple of years. Thank you for joining us today. Next time we'll be reading chapter 31 from volume 2. You can find the full schedule at export.io slash we've done schedule if you have questions for us. Something that goes to at gmail.com. You can get early access to episodes of this podcast. Sam and name others by becoming a $1 patron of the network at x4r.io and listen a week before the public feeds or for $5 you get exclusive access to Bob and Bob Funk a weekly podcast where Autumn that's you and Nora roll around a Funko Pop and have to watch something from that media franchise $5 also gets you an exclusive monthly bonus episode of Coffee and Comic Books if you like this podcast please tell a friend they can find the free feed at x4r.io slash Putin or by searching Pottery Putin on the podcast of choice if you like listening to us talk we do a lot more of that over at Ghost Divers which you can find at x4r.io slash Ghost Divers or by searching Ghost Divers in your podcast of choice you can find the show at Ponder Putin on Twitter or just at Putan on Coast. You can find me at Foxmania on Twitter and Coast, where you can check my pinned tweet or pinned shows to find links to all of my podcasts. Where can people find you, Connor? Y'all can find me at Rebelaze uh, on Twitter and Co-host. And you, Autumn? You can find me on uh, Twitter at... Blah, blah, blah. You can find me on Twitter at Autumnal underscore coffee and on Co-host at Autumnal. Our opening theme is Ninga Nante by Yoshida Takaro and taking us out today is Walk Like a Man by Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Class dismissed. Class dismissed. Class dismissed.